we're going to continue in our series. We're talking about how to win every faith battle. We're on principle three, how to maintain a pure heart. We're going to talk really a lot about it. Last week, we reviewed mostly. I don't think we could hear this stuff enough, right? Isn't it? Don't you want to know that every time you get in any kind of a situation, you can look to the word of God and you have his report. So if your body's hurting, you look to the report and say, oh my goodness, I'm healed. Right? So now I, I start to live life like I don't live it by what I see, what I feel, what I hear about. I live by what I believe. And what I believe comes from this word. Amen? Because this is the final authority. It's truth. Have you ever thought of this? Do you know if you talk to Christians, every denomination all around the world and ask them, is it God's will to always forgive you? Everybody would always go, yeah. Every pastor would go, absolutely. God's will always to forgive you. But then if he asked them, is it God's will to always bless you financially so that you have a full and overflowing supply? They'll be like, well, you know, you just never know. God, God uses it, right? They start getting into all these, well, you know, God's sovereign. It, it's not like, no, absolutely, God wants me blessed. You don't hear that. If you ask, if you ask Christians all over the world and ask them, do you, do you believe that God always wants you well? You get the same look. Well, you know, sometimes he uses or he allows things to teach you and grow you. Why? Where? When none of that is in the Bible. Why in the world do we have such a problem with it? And then you come to a church like this where we endeavor with the best of our ability to bring the word of God. And, and you still, you realize sometimes you're like, wow, you know, I, I, I believe this, but I, I, I think this is right, but you still have some buts sometimes to work through, right? The reason why that is, is because for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, from every pulpit, pretty or almost every pulpit, I mean, you have some, right? But from almost every pulpit, you hear nonstop, God forgives all. We've heard it for years. I've heard it my whole life. But I haven't always heard that God has provided healing for everyone. And I haven't always heard that God wants every one of his children to live in abundance. And that's why we have a problem with it. we got to keep hearing. And that's why we preach the word of God and we trust the Holy Spirit because he's the one that opens it. He opens the word of God so that we can see it, so it becomes etched on our hearts. Tonight, without a shadow of a doubt, this word teaches that you have been redeemed from sickness and disease, from poverty and lack, from spiritual death, all of the curse of the law, you've been redeemed from it. You've literally been redeemed and bought out and transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Every promise in the word of God to you is yes and amen, which means so be it unto you. God not only wants you to have it, he's gracious. 
He's disposed. He's looking for any way to get it over to you. Isn't that good news? It's not a matter of God doing things. It's a matter of you and I receiving, simply believing and receiving what he said. So we're talking about this. You know, we said in, in the principle number one, you got to know who your enemy is, right? You got to know your enemy, Satan. You got to know how he operates. He's coming against your mind. He's throwing thoughts. He's going to use the world system. He'll use people, circumstances to paint a picture so that you let go of what God says and start thinking about what's happening in your life outwardly. That's what he does. He doesn't care about you. He just wants to separate you from your faith. That's it. He wants to stop the plan of God for your life. So he'll bring counterfeits. He'll try to confuse you. And all of it pales in comparison to what God has provided. The Holy Spirit is a sure guide. The word of God is light. And light always dispels darkness. So we know our enemy. But it's not enough just to know. You also have to secure principle number two you've got to secure the word of God in your heart so whenever you're facing a situation you don't go to people you go to what the word says and when you find out what God's will is because God's word is his will when you find that out you get scriptures that become the foundation of your prayer of faith right and you do that because you know how Satan operates. The minute you believe that you receive something that God says that he's given you, Satan's coming. And you've got to be ready to answer him so that you, and what you do, you submit yourself to God by submitting yourself to his word, right? Then you resist the devil. How do you do it? Satan, get out of here? No, he doesn't care about that. It is written. And you have those scriptures. When your body's hurting, you have those scriptures. No, by his stripes, I'm healed. Right? If you have a fever, fever, I know you have ears. Right? Jesus talked to you 2,000 years ago with, with Peter's mother-in-law when she had a fever. He spoke to the fever. So fever, you leave my baby. Fever, you leave my child. Fever, you leave me. Right? You know, viruses have ears. They'll listen. Cancer, diabetes, AIDS, all of that stuff hears. And it hears what? It is written. I've been redeemed. Amen? So we have to secure the word of God on the inside of us. So now we started talking about this third principle. So very important. It, that third principle is how to maintain a pure heart. Why? Because faith works by love. So we have to, there's a way, we have to be in a place where we examine our heart constantly. We don't have time to judge anybody else. The only time I have to do in other people's lives is pray for them as the Holy Spirit stirs me. Right? But I, I can't, I'm not going to look at their life and tell them what they need to be doing. And, and there's no life in it because I, I need to keep myself with the right heart. As a pastor, if I don't have the right heart, what can I come give, in, give you? Right? Like tonight, I know you can sense the anointing. It's here. Why? Because we're not it, excuse me, 
He is here, right? So, so we keep, we, there's a way we have to learn what the Word of God says so that I could examine my heart, right? The Holy Spirit will help me to ensure that I always maintain a pure heart. In other words, I maintain the love walk, right? This is a big part of faith that we don't talk about a lot, but we need to because there's a lot of people that are praying things that have no confidence towards God. Oh, they, you know, oh yeah, you know what? Listen, I believe that by his stripes, he provided healing for everyone. But because I'm out of the love walk, because I'm being ruled by my flesh, and I'm allowing some things to operate, when I go to God, I just, you know, I just don't have confidence. Only one, one prayer in the whole Bible was not answered. And it was David's prayer for his son after he committed adultery with Bathsheba, after, after he had her husband killed. When everything came down, man, he repented instantly. Why? Because David had a heart after God, right? But he repented in, instantly. But you can see in that story, he never had confidence. And God was not able to save that child. You know, that's the only prayer. But there's not even one example of a New Testament prayer that was not answered. But we see that all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and so be it unto me. Isn't that good news for a New Testament believer? And, and Romans defines it. You're in Christ if the Holy Spirit's in you tonight. How do you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit will be down on the inside of you, bearing witness with your spirit that you're his child. Right? So let's talk about this tonight. I want you to go open up your Bible to 1 John. We're going to look at a scripture. We kind of touched on it last week. We're going to go a little deeper. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. You know in Exodus 15 where it says, I am the Lord, your healer. Study that out. It's real interesting. It's like, I am, he's Jehovah Rapha, a redemptive name of God. Part of that word means I'm the God that fixes you. Do you know, he, do you know all of us need to be fixed? You know, we look at little babies. I mean, little babies are like, they're just so perfect. You feel their skin. Their skin is so soft. And it, but you know, they're not really perfect. Do you know there's not a human being on the planet that's really perfect? All of our bodies, like when you go to a doctor, even if you're like really healthy, a phenomenal athlete, all this stuff, you know, if we look really close, you know, you've got this young lady that's just gorgeous and this guy that's just really handsome, but you know, one ear is slightly bigger than another, one eye might be a little lower, <laughs> Now, we, they might be in perfect operating condition. But the reason, I know you're laughing at me right now, but the reason why this is so important is God is your healer. And we all need to believe him to fix us as we age and as we get older, whatever it is. You know, if your knee is just, there's a weakness in a joint or there's some kind of thing that, that, that gives you a weakness here or there. God will fix that because he's your healer. Why, why is everybody not perfect? Like in heaven, 
Our glorified bodies, guess what? You know, your, your eye is going to be perfect. Why not here? Well, because this place was under a curse. And although my spirit, like if you saw my spirit, man, good looking. You would look at me and go, how could somebody that outwardly looks like that look so good? Right? No, but seriously, it's because of the curse. This is why we, we learn how to walk by faith. So that we can receive everything we need in this life. Because God wants you to live long, strong, pain-free, worry-free, with all, more than enough money to do everything God's called you to do and also to sow to every other thing. So important that we know that. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. Did you find it? 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. The Holy Spirit brings up funny things to keep you awake. So we're all, you know, you've had a hard day at work. It says this, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. The King James says hereby. We read over this. But when you see hereby, it literally means by this. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before God or before him. So we better not just start in verse 19. Because if it says, and by this we know, well, by what? Right? So let's go back to verse 18. Go ahead and put that up. Verse 18 my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, just by the things we say, but, let, but in deed and truth, and by this, by what? By loving in deed and in truth. What's truth? That's the word. We love, love is action. Right? It's a, it's a one-time decision followed by a lifetime of action. And truth. So the word of God will literally direct us on how to love. And when we do that, it will assure our hearts before God. Verse 20. For if our heart condemns us or condemn us, now, when we say heart, we're talking about our spirit. For the reason why verse 19 is so important is because verse 20. Because if your heart condemns you. Now, this word condemn, it could be translated convict or condemn. Okay? The Holy Spirit, when you get out of the love walk, he's not convicting you. Your spirit will. But when that happens, when that happens, it's really hard to have assurance and confidence towards God. This is so important in the faith walk. Do you guys see that just a little bit? It says here, for if our heart condemn us, if our spirit is convicting or condemning us about something, another way to say that, if there's inner turmoil in me, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. I love this. Why is this written like this? As we said last week, when we get discouraged, 
when there's inner turmoil there, God's word will tell us that we're not condemned. It'll, it'll, it'll tell us, wait a minute, all of your sin was already 2,000 years ago condemned in the body of Jesus. There is no condemnation for you who are in Christ or for you who have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The word has to, it will encourage us and build us up so that we can have confidence before God. You see that? So it says here, beloved, verse 21, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. Well, the word is going to help us to get to that place where now we, we have confidence towards him. If our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Notice it didn't say, and whatsoever we ask, he answers and gives it to us. It can't say that because God already gave it to you. So it says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because it's already yours. You just have to take it. Right? That's the same Greek word as in Mark 11. What things soever you desire when you pray, right? Verse 24. Believe that you receive. It's the same word. That word literally is translated take, and you'll have it. So it says here, if our heart doesn't condemn us, this is why we have to maintain a pure heart. If our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence towards God, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. Now in the Greek, in the King James, it says commandments. In the, in the literal Greek, it says commandment, single. And do those things which are pleasing in his sight. In other words, I keep, which means I guard and I watch over his commandment. And when I do that, it causes me, I'm, I'm becoming a doer of the word now, it causes me to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Do you see that? This is a real important scripture. Verse 23, and this, is the, and, and this is his commandment. What is his commandment? I love this. That we should believe on the name of the Son, of his Son, Jesus Christ. That's faith, isn't it? But faith works by love, so this is why it also says that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Notice he's saying this is the one thing you need to do. You need to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you need to keep his commandment. What is that? Love one another. My whole life as a believer, the progression you see in all of the epistles, I was talking to the men a little bit about this Tuesday, you gain knowledge which enables you to reckon or count yourself dead to sin, count yourself alive to God, forgiven. And what that does is it enables you, when you get to know him 
And now you're, you're reckoning these things. You're like, wait a minute, what I'm doing is not who I am. And, I, and you can fix it. Then the next thing in the progression is you yield. The next thing in the progression, once you yield to God, you walk in love. So we got to get this right. We have to gain revelation knowledge of who he is and who we are in him so that we can reckon ourselves, we can count ourselves. We have knowledge to count ourselves. I'm dead to sin. My sin was condemned 2,000 years ago. I'm alive to God. I'm in Christ. All of his promises are yes to me and amen. That, in, that causes me to yield to him. And now I'm walking in love. And I'm able to lay hold of everything that he's given me. This is why maintaining a pure heart is so very, very important. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Verse 24, and he that keeps his commandments dwells. Now when we see the word dwell, that's a temporal truth, right? It's not positional. So it's talking about behavior. Positional truth is who I am in Christ. Right? I, right now I'm in Christ seated in heavenly places. Positional truth. Temporal truth is my behavior right now. And it's, it's, my, it's, it's my fellowship. It's what I'm doing. Right now I'm in Faith Family Church building teaching you guys. Right? So when you see dwell, that's talking about your behavior. You're walking something out. And it says, and he that keeps his commandments dwells in him. See, if you don't understand positional truth and temporal truth, you will think, well, if I'm not keeping his commandment of love, what, am I not in him? No, no, you're in him positionally, but your behavior is not like somebody who's in him. It's not like the minute I get out of love, I'm no longer saved. This is why you have to know positional truth and temporal truth. It helps you understand everything in the Bible. So this is, and he that keeps his commandments dwells in him. So not only am I in Christ from the time I got born again, but now I'm dwelling in him. I'm actually in my behavior, I'm walking it out. See, when I got saved, I became in Christ. The Holy Spirit came into my body and he took out the sin or the spiritually dead man that I was, the spirit, and it was gone forever. And now a brand new spirit was put in and now the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in me, poured the love of God abroad in my heart, shed it abroad in my heart. So now I am in Christ because he took up permanent residency. Eight million years from now, when you see me, we could go, man, the Holy Spirit is still in me. Right? It's really cool that he's omnipresent because not only he could be in me while I'm walking and talking to him face to face. Just that gives you goosebumps on top of goosebumps. But see, that never changed. My relationship never changes. But now if I choose to dwell in him behaviorally, now I have fellowship with him. Not just relationship, but now I'm, it's fellowship too. See, because relationship's good, but 
I could be in relationship with someone, but if they live somewhere else and they're mad at me and they don't want to talk to me, I can't have fellowship with them. God wants, he want, you have relationship with him, but he wants to have fellowship with you. So he wants you to dwell in him. I know we're taking some time, but we're going to talk about this tonight. It says, and he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him. Isn't that cool? See, when you draw near to God, what does he do? He draws near to you. That's why it says it like this. And then it says, and hereby we know that he abides in us. How do we know? By the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, which he hath given us. Again, that's Romans 8, 14. The Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Right? Notice that comes after they that are led by the Spirit of God. They are the mature, coming of age, sons of God. See, a, not, a, a person who's not a mature, coming of age, son of God, they could question their salvation because the Holy Spirit's unable to bear witness because they're just out doing all this other stuff. And they will have inner turmoil because, man, my outside life is not what I think it's supposed to be on the inside. Do you know how many? There's thousands of Christians in this area alone that are not in churches that know they should be. But it's, it's that they're not dwelling. Oh, they have relationship because that never changes. But they're not fellowshipping. Right? So this, I'm telling you, when you take care and you learn. See, why, why don't people yield to God? Because, well, they're just because they're, they're busy and because they're... No, 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 that's not why. It's because they don't have revelation knowledge from the word of God of who he is. Because if they get revelation knowledge of that, they will yield. You can't yield to what you don't know. That's a Bible principle, big time. Your confidence towards God is based on the purity of your heart. So what we're talking about is getting rid of all the inner turmoil. It's where you look in the mirror, wherever you are, and you're okay with it. Because you're like, you know what? I know I'm his, and he's bearing witness with me that I'm his, and he walks with me all day, and I'm in this place, and I'm finally getting over selfishness and self-centeredness. Why? Because I realize that that's not even me. It's just the sin nature that is in my flesh, and I'm learning how to not let my flesh lead me anymore. I'm not going to let Satan have my mouth anymore. I'm not going to let him have my emotions. I'm never going to have another down day because I'm learning. I'm gaining knowledge so that I could count certain things in my life so that I could yield and a byproduct of that is I'm going to walk in love, receive everything he has for me, and I'm going to know my place in the body. I'm going to know who I am. I'm going to know what he's called me to do. And now my steps are ordered. No more fear. Isn't that good news? Next week, we're going to talk about the next principle is, is literally eradicating fear and doubt out of your life. The Bible, God has made a way for us to never fear, never doubt, never worry, 
Never be ruled by this flesh. I love that. Keeping his commandment is connected to your heart not condemning you. Keeping his commandment, what is it? It's literally walking by faith and walking in love. But as I love my brothers and sisters, right? Now what happens is now I'm able to walk by faith. So I'm walking in the love of God. It enables me to walk by the faith of God. And it also enables me to be led by the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. As I walk in the love of God, as I yield to it, it's already in me. We don't, you don't need any more of it because it's shed abroad in your heart. You are saturated in God's love. It's, it's not natural. You have to get out of your heart and into your flesh to get mad at people, to get offended. You, you gotta, but, but most Christians live there because they just don't know. Well, we're going to do away with that, right? So keeping his commandment is connected to your heart, not condemning you. As you walk in love, you will eradicate inner turmoil out of your life. And you will have confidence towards God and you'll receive everything that he's promised you. I wonder how fast your situations in your life can change if it was completely unhindered. I was telling Jeanette, there was this, this was years ago. It was a space shuttle. Uh, early on in the whole thing, there was one astronaut, uh, and, I, and I don't know the particulars, can't remember. I just heard uh, he was speaking at a church, and he was talking, Christian guy, spirit-filled believer, and he was talking about in space on one of their missions, he's up in space, and literally, they had a situation that they had to solve or it could have been really bad for them. And so he just, everybody's trying to figure it all out and do it all. And, and while that, he just, he's just like within himself, he's like, Lord, I, we need your help. You need, to, you need to show us what to do. And the minute he said that, the answer came to him. And he talked about, he's like, it was amazing in space how the answer was just right there. Down here... Why? Because Satan walks in the earth, but he's not. He's confined. Interesting. But I'm telling you, you can have it real good down here if you walk in love. You could have that, I mean, you could have that leading. You'll just know. You'll just walk with him. Why? Because the word is lighting your path. And you'll just know. The love, getting out of the love walk is a low way to live. Walking in the love of God, you are literally, you cannot be stopped. Nothing will move you except him. Don't let people move you. Do you know why people do stupid things and make you mad? It's the same reason why you do, you make other people mad when you do stupid things. Because you're thinking about yourself. See, when you live out of your flesh, it says to be carnally minded is death. What a bummer to be Satan. He can't, not only can he not win, he can't even be happy. I mean, if you wanted to take a picture with Satan, he couldn't smile. He'd be like, 
I haven't smiled for thousands of years. I guess we should just move on. (laughs) God's, God's word will correct us into confidence in him. It's the word that does it. So, so see, a lot of people, you might feel like you're a million miles away, but the word of God will correct you into where you have confidence in him. It's the word that does it, and the Holy Spirit's right there to use the word of God. Because you might not know why you don't have confidence, but the Holy Spirit will show you through the word of God. Isn't that cool? This is the way, this is why walking by faith, we don't teach this but we really need to because we have people by the masses running around quoting scripture and not laying hold of anything. Why? Because of the inner turmoil in their life. Why do they have it? They just don't know who they are in him. But we're going to do away with that. See, when we talk about examining your heart to maintain a pure heart, we're literally talking about examining The love walk. That's what we're talking about. So go over to John chapter 13. I want you to see the commandment. John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35. Gospel of John chapter 13. It says, this is Jesus talking, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. That means unconditionally. That means before the person deserves it. Right? I love Leanne. There is no option B for me. Right? If, if she loves me, there's no option B for her. I do something stupid and really hurt her, she still has no option B. Does that make sense? So this is what Jesus is saying. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. And in case you didn't get it, he says it right again. That you also love one another. Notice our commandment. It doesn't talk about loving the world, the people in the world. It talks about us loving each other. Then it goes on in verse 35. By this, when we love each other as Jesus loved us, or in other words, when I yield to the love of God in my heart as I walk with Edwin and Lisa, that says that all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. This is the law of love. In other words, you and I are identified with Jesus as we love one another with the love of God. Isn't that awesome? Now you might be sitting here going, yeah, but man, how do I do that? Right? We'll talk about that. To keep a pure heart, we must walk in love towards our fellow believers. Because by default, see, my love for God is going to be revealed in how I love my brothers and sisters. So if I'm over here talking about Denise to Rob, what that's doing is that's exposing a flaw. I'm not not walking in love towards God. 
Do you see that? I'm, I'm not, because that's, that's manipulation, that's flesh. What God's saying is you can't be in both places. So you're either walking in the love of God or you're not. So here we need to gain knowledge of this. In other words, a step outside of love is when we take a thought, not when Satan throws a thought in our mind. See, what happens, and this is how he gets people going, somebody will do something, right? Somebody will do something in the church to you. They really didn't do anything, but the thought hits. And then the enemy will just jump on your shoulder and go, Andrew, you're out of, love, out, of, out of the love walk. And because you sit in these teachings, you're like, oh my gosh, so the, now the dominoes start falling. I'm not in faith. I can't, I'm not going to receive, right? But you're not out of the love walk just because a thought hits you that you're upset about somebody else or something. No, no, you're not out of the love walk until you take the thought. And you know you take it because you speak it. That's how you take a thought. So you can stop all this nonsense of the enemy when thought hits you, take it captive with the word of God. And it'll keep you in the love walk. Now here's the reason why the reality of this is you have been made to walk in the love of God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says this, And hope maketh not ashamed. This is Romans 5, 5. Because the love of God, isn't that amazing? The, God's love. First of all, my spirit man was made his righteousness. And now the love, his very love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. That means poured forth. Your spirit right now is saturated in the love of God. Your spirit cannot think any other way but in the love of God. So if you live out of your spirit, you will always be considering him and considering others and loving others. You'll never, and, and this is the thing, what happens now when you walk like this now every door is open to God to get everything over to you that you need. And I got to tell you, well, forget just need. God's, God's, God, if you look at it, yep, God's into meeting your needs, but he's really in to meeting all your desires because he placed them in there. And I'm telling you, you just live your life. How can I, I want to know you I love you because I know you first loved me and I'm walking in this revelation which causes me to love my brothers and sisters and now all these supernatural things are just happening in my life. Gets to the point before you call, he answers. All of a sudden, you're sitting in your living room one day and you're like, wow, I would have never thought I'd live in a house this nice. You know, you come home and you're like, wow, Honey, wasn't that awesome? We, we were able to give that car to that person. Whereas before, we were like, oh, how are we ever going to get a car? Right? It, it all gets back to love. Everything does. God's love, in other words, leads me on the inside. 
My flesh is trying to drive me. It's trying to pull my mind away from my spirit so we could live out of flesh and produce death, but no more. I'm able to do John 13, 34, and 35 because of Romans 5, 5, right? My failures, you got to know this, my failures will not keep God's blessing from me. Most people live in this thing and think, if I can just be good enough or do good enough, then God will answer my prayer. And that works mentality gets real frustrating because it never works out. Your failures don't keep God from blessing you. Why? Well, I was born in 1962. So I was blessed, you know, like 1900 and some years before I was ever born. And the moment I just said, Jesus, you're my Lord, in 1966, it all came. It was already done hundreds of years before. But if you don't listen to the word of God, you'll start thinking, oh man, I got to do this and I got to do that. And, and it just doesn't work that way. How you walk holy, how you walk in the love of God, you're just walking in a constant revelation of who he is. You have to know who he's made you in order to do what he's called you to do. This is so, so very important. Why, why are there not thousands and thousands of people in Omaha, Nebraska, why are they not getting saved every week? Because believers aren't sharing their faith. Why? Because they spend most of their time in inner turmoil. Now, outwardly, they'll say, well, you know, I just don't, it's not my personality, I just don't. No, 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 no. Listen, you're a wild man on the inside. I mean, you're just all out. You're, you're supernatural. You have been born of the God of the universe. And if you walk out of your spirit and, 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 and yield to him, you, all of a sudden, it's like you walk into a whole new room. But here's the thing. When you're in the room, it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, it's amazing. This is what we're talking about. This is your time. This is your time to be and to do what God has made you to be and do. It's, it's our time right now. So let's jump over to 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him fellowship and walk in darkness we lie right what does it say we lie and do not the truth so now is that is that positional truth or temporal truth fellowship is temporal it's talking about my behavior if we say that we're walking in fellowship now remember you're a child of god so you already have relationship but if we say that we have fellowship with him and we're walking in darkness, that's temporally my behavior, we're lying and we're not doing and we do not the truth. In other words, we can't be a doer of the word in that state. 
Do you see that? So now, keep going. We're not in fellowship with him if we're walking in darkness. We're still in relationship with him. We're still his child. We're just not in fellowship. Verse 7, but if we walk, again, temporal, right, our behavior, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, another way to say that, if we walk in the word as he is the word, we have fellowship one with another. That's interesting. Wouldn't you think it would say, and we have fellowship with him? But it says, he, the Holy Spirit saw fit to, to say this. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now remember, this scripture is talking about temporal truth. It can't be talking about positional truth because I was cleansed from all my sin 2,000 years ago. So cleansed, cleanseth us from all sin, talking about temporally, it's talking about I'm cleansed from the behavior, the sinful behavior, the unrighteous actions, not nature, because I'm still a Christian. I'm still his child. You got, are, you, are you getting this? I just want to slow down. This is not about me being real smooth. This is about us getting this. Because most Christians read these things and they think, well, in one verse I'm saved, the next one I must not be. And Right? It says here, well, let, let's, just, let's talk about this. Satan always attacks you with you aren't worthy. You aren't good enough. You have did this, therefore you cannot be healed. You have do, you're doing this, you can't be blessed. And the reality of it is, you may be doing the wrong thing, but you are blessed. You just can't receive it outwardly here. We'll never see it here because you got to get the behavior right. But the only way to get the behavior right is you got to understand who you are. Okay? Knowing you are in fellowship with God produces confidence. This is huge. When you go to God, see, when do we feel like we have confidence? You lead somebody to Christ, and then you need to pray about something. Oh, this is a no-brainer. Hey, God, it's me. Uh, did you notice we just led him to the Lord? Hey, by the way, I need this. Thank you so much. But what happens... When you just messed up, you kicked the dog, you yelled at your husband or wife, you, you, know, you said things, you did things, and then all of a sudden you're in a situation that you need God. And the enemy's going, forget it, it's over. And it's all a lie because you already have been given the blessing. So all you got to do is just go, we're going to see in 1 John 1, 9, we just confess it. And he, he, the Bible says he's faithful, but he's also just. He has a legal right to forgive and cleanse, and you keep moving on. And all of a sudden, all the doors are shut to the enemy, and, and you just walk in the blessing. See, religious people hate that. Because you've got to tell me the 19 things that I've got to do to earn the blessing of God. Right? I just need, I, I, you know, I need to buy eight more CD series to really learn so that I can receive from God. 
You go through those eight series, and it's just not enough ever. Because it's all about you walking in love and walking in the love of God. That's what it's all about. It fixes everything. Knowing you're in fellowship with him produces confidence. Now, real quick, I want it. well, real quick. We're going to go into the doctrine of identification a little bit. I have to do this because it's our identity that are, that's given us the problem. We can't maintain a pure heart because we don't know who we are in him. The doctrine of identity is probably, I, I got to tell you, as a pastor, I'm sitting here going, I'm seeing so many people, if this is their answer, and they already have it, they've al- they are, it's already been given to them. We're, it's like we're like this. We're, we're, we're just like, we're blindly trying to, hoping we can do something that maybe, oh gosh, there it is. Yeah, I finally got my answer. When, when what it is, is this is the way it is. I'm going through my life. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, Father, I thank you so much that Jesus bore my sickness and he carried my pain. I thank you today. I just just receive your healing and restoration. And I thank you for it because I've already been given it. I'm not trying to get it. See, this, this is why the gospel is good news. It's come as you are and he'll make you like him. And you won't have to do it in your own strength All you got to do is get to know him, fall in love with him. How do you get to know him? Through his word. Well, no, no, I got to go to this deliverance meeting because I've got 19 demons that have different names. And, you know, this, this generational curse is just, well, wait a minute. What generational curse? Here's my genealogy. You are of God, little children. And have overcome him because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, when I realized that, I'm like, wow. So my biological father, who maybe wouldn't be the greatest guy on the planet, and maybe his grandfather too, or who knows what. No, 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 we're not talking about natural anymore. I'm of, I was born of God. Old things passed away. Behold, everything became new, and all of it's him. There's not one part of my spirit that is not his. Someday when I get to heaven, he's going to take this body, whether he has to get the dust of it out of a grave and bring it together, his glory's going to go over it. It's going to be a brand new body. It won't be subject to sickness and disease. Why? It'll have nothing to do with the curse, and it'll be eternal. And in heaven, we're going to walk around going, wow, this feels so good. But I got to tell you, you could have that now because you can renew your mind and present your body and you can walk this way on the earth. You're just going to have to beat it up. You know, as you, as you walk through life, you're going to have to keep slapping your flesh. But you can still walk in victory. You could still never fear. You could still never doubt because you know who you are in him. I love that. People are weak and have trouble yielding to God Because they're defining their identity, positional truth, who they are in Christ, by their actions, by their temporal truth. This makes people mad. It made people mad. It it makes 
a lot of people mad in, in, in nowadays about, oh, you're talking about hyper grace. No, 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 no. We're talking about the grace of God, the work of grace. You are not what you do. And when you realize that, this is the whole Pauline revelation, when you realize who you really are, you'll walk free from sin and all kinds of stuff. But if you're trying to do works to overcome it, good luck with that, right? When you're ready to give it up, my three words from the Lord were get over yourself. I had to, I had to get over myself. Guess what? Every day of my life, I have to get over myself. As a matter of fact, every hour of every day of my life, I have to get over myself. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe every minute of every hour of every day, maybe even every few seconds. But that's okay. I don't do it in my strength. I rest in who I am in Him. But this is why people have trouble yielding. There is a difference to who you are in Christ and what you live out, right? We yield to God because we have knowledge of God. We yield to Him because we know Him. And when we know Him, we know who we are in Him. So we're going to stop there tonight. And we're going to jump into this next week. Has this helped you a little bit? I'm telling you, I believe the Holy Spirit is doing such a work in the hearts of the people in our church that, that our body, your lives individually, all of our lives individually and corporately is going to look, it's going to look completely different in a very short period of time. Because when you get rid of the inner junk and dispel all the lies of the enemy, man, you're going to see how these blessings that you've already been given will just roll all over your life. To the point to where the world will look at you and go, you're blessed from God. I don't even believe in God, but God's, God's blessing you. And then our message is what? Well, I've got the gospel, the good news for you. He wants that for you too. Amen.